Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports on the Monday, right here, live at 11 Color on Sports Zone, Chicago, along with Miss McKean McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. And make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. And you can go back and listen to them at your own leisure just in case you miss them. So download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Also, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, it's Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this show, Second City Sports, you can subscribe to our podcast. We're available at War Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. Lakina, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports. We are entering day three of the NBA playoffs, and our Chicago Bulls were in the mix of the action on yesterday as they took on the Milwaukee Bucks in game one from the Fight Surf Center. The Milwaukee Bucks held off the Chicago Bulls 93-86 to to take a one-game-to-none lead in the best-of-seven first-round series. The Milwaukee Bucks blew a 16-point lead, but the Bulls came back and actually led by five late in the third quarter, but it was Milwaukee's experience and execution down the stretch while the Bulls faltered under the pressure. The Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champions from a year ago, survived despite the foul troubles of Giannis Antetokounmpo in a bad shooting night for Chris Middleton. Can the Bulls rebound in, in game two with an extra day off in between games one and two, or will the Bucks continue to dominate and play even better? All of these questions we'll, uh, we'll try to answer, and that and much more in this half hour. Lakina, uh, before we really break this game down, here's a couple of things I observed from last night's game from the Bulls' side. DeMar DeRozan, he tried to get it going, but he forced too many shots. The Milwaukee Bucks defense didn't play uh, that exotic of a defensive coverage to try to stop him. I thought that DeRozan was trying to force too many shots, and he couldn't get going. Number two, Nikolai Vucevic is 24 points and 17 rebounds. It looks great on the stat sheet, but when you really look inside his performance, it wasn't that great. And number three, Alex Caruso was a pest, as we told you guys all, all season long. 
He showed up in the playoffs, and that was one of the reasons why the Milwaukee Bucks shot poorly, especially in that third quarter. Yeah, um, it was definitely one of those weird games. The whole game was very strange from the from the word jump, and it it's sort of like, you know what? It like you know the Bulls. It was right there. Like some of the same people that were saying, "Oh well, the Bulls are gonna get blown out, or they're gonna lose it for." Now they say, "Well, mm-hmm. it was there for the taking." Like, okay, save it. Okay, y'all, like y'all just y'all had them losing by like you know fifteen and or twenty or more or something like that. So y'all can miss me with that and take a couple of seats there. Now that's one. Two, you know. I, I feel like the Bucks had, you know, especially near the end, those last couple of minutes where the Bulls actually had a shot to perhaps maybe put the game away, perhaps maybe steal a game one from the Bucks. There was some, you know, hometown calls, I think, you know, Giannis should have gotten, should have been fouled out after, you know, jumping on, you know, basically, you know, giving a, giving a piggyback ride from Patrick Williams. I think that, yeah. that should have been his sixth foul. And, and such. So that, you know, that to me, that was definitely, you know, he got a little bit of a hometown call with that. You know, there were so many, you know, yes, the Bulls had so many chances. I mean, you know, Vuccio got to heat up in the third quarter, but then, you know, could hit the shots late. Same thing with Zach Levine. He only had 18. You know, DeMar had his struggles, you know, in the games as well. They did have some contributions from the bench. I mean, from the bench, I should say. I mean, Kobe White had 12 points coming off the bench and, and such. You know, Alex Caruso, you know, showed you why he was missed during the most part of the second half of the season. And it's still you know, definitely one of those, you know, things where you're kind of like, you look back on this game, you think, okay, you know, the Bulls had their shots to win this game, you know, with the you know, Giannis' foul trouble and Middleton struggling and such. But I think, I think this woke folks up and realized that, yeah, you know what, we're, you know, the Bulls probably aren't going to get blown out here. Will they win the series? I'm not going to say that they'll, they'll pull off the upset, but I think you're, they're going to, they're going to put up a, have a, put up a fight and, you know, Sorry for all those folks that thought that this was going to be a blowout. Uh, not so fast. Here's the thing. We can give the Bulls a, a big old hand for uh, making it a, a game. And two of your three superstars didn't even play that great. That's a testament to head coach Billy Donovan and the, and the rest of the staff. But, Lakina, you know this as well as I do. Even though this is the first go-around for this Bulls squad, you can't have moral victories in the playoffs. You either get it done or you don't. And – can the Bulls play better in game two? I guess they can, but I think this was uh, – I saw somebody on Twitter last night say that this was probably the best chance of not getting swept. Now, do I still believe that the Bulls can win a game or two in this series? Yes, but game one was there for the taking last night. They just couldn't take advantage of it. There's, You know there's no more victories come playoff time. No, there isn't, but I think, you know, I think this shows that, look, this team is not going to be a bunch of – be a pushover. This team is not going to, you're not going to you know, blow this team out by 20 or 30 points. They're going to have to fight till the end. And the Bucks are realizing that, yeah, they're going to have to earn it. So no moral victories, but yet, you know, you can't, you know, just go over the bulls and you look at your second round matchup. You still got some business to take care of. So that's how, oh, that's how my feeling about it. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. City Lakina here with you discussing the NBA playoffs. The Chicago Bulls dropped game one at Milwaukee by the score of 93 to 86. The Bucks have a have a one game to Nelly in their best of seven series. Game two is on Wednesday, set for 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Taking a look at some of the box score numbers from the Chicago Bulls. Patrick Williams, as you mentioned, in 23 minutes of action, he had five points and three rebounds. DeMar DeRozan with 18 points on six of 25 shooting. Zach Levine didn't have a great shooting game either. He had 18 points, including two or 10 from downtown. And Nikolai Vucevic, who missed about two or three easy layups that I saw there. It was inexcusable on his part. But he had 24 points and 17 
rebounds. Alex Caruso had seven points, three rebounds, two assists, but he was a, a, a big pest defensively, and that's what kept the Bulls in the ballgame. Actually took the lead, as I mentioned at the top of the show, at the at midway through the third quarter, but the Bucks came back on a 13-other run to, to not only close the gap but surpass the Bulls. Uh, off the bench, Javante Green had no points. He had two rebounds in 17 minutes of action, but Derrick Jones Jr., uh, came off the bench in 10 minutes of action. He had no points, but he had a couple of rebounds and an assist. Lakina, you know I like Javante Green. He's one of the best athletes on this team. I know he's been guarding big guys all year long, but why did he get extended player time? I don't understand. Derrick Jones Jr., remember, Lakina, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Stacey King called up Bailey Donovan without saying his name during that um, that loss to the Miami Heat. He said, why isn't Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, getting any run? He Derrick Jones Jr. got some run last night. If you noticed too, while Alex Caruso was doing his thing from the perimeter, Derrick Jones, Derrick Jones Jr., when he entered the ball game midway through that third quarter, he gave that team some energy and some yes. life, especially for the defensive end. Yeah, Dave, that was definitely much needed. And you know, it, it's sort of I, I don't, you know, I, I feel like you know this is sort of one of those games where the defense was definitely and definitely there and for the Bulls. And that was sort of the thing. I mean, look, you know, Caruso, I think, you know, showing you that, yeah, he is one of those, you know, especially too bad Lonzo's not healthy because that would have been, you know, just, you know, mm -hmm. remarkable what he's been able to do. And I feel like this is sort of a, this is sort of a team where, you know, especially defensively, this has sort of been the thing. I mean, I think the, I think the Bucks usually like average, what about 110, 12 points a game or something like that through mm -hmm. the regular season. In fact, they were, they were held to 93. I think shows a testament to, you know, the, the, you know, that Caruso was definitely missed during that time, you know, they win their slide. So I think, look, I think he's mm -hmm. definitely going to be a pest for a lot of, you know, for the Bucks this series. And look, like I said before, the Bucks are going to have to earn it. Yeah, and the Bucks will have to earn it. You know, the Bulls showed that after the first quarter, uh, the Bulls didn't let up. They, they put up a fight. They just couldn't get over the hump. Now, the, the fast start that the Milwaukee Bucks had, uh, I wasn't surprised by that at all. And the Milwaukee Bucks uh, 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 took it to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls had to call the early timeouts just to get themselves together. And you saw what happened after that. The Bulls settled down and they got back in to take it into that game, especially uh, during that uh, the late stages of that first half and definitely into that third quarter. Now, take a look at some of the numbers on the flip side for the Milwaukee Bucks. Bobby, Bobby Portis, who was their uh, big guy coming off the bench in last year's championship run, he had 10 points and 12 rebounds in 23 minutes coming off the bench. Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, had 27 off of 10 and 19 shooting. Chris Milton did not have a great game. He had 11 points off of 4 13 shooting, including 1 of 7 from downtown. Drew Holiday, uh, he had an okay game. He had some big shots, especially in that second half. He had 15 points off of 6 of 16 shooting. Wes Matthews only had 6 points. Both those come off of three-point shots. And Brooke Lopez had 18 points and five rebounds. Lakina, especially with Brooke Lopez, I know some people could well going to roll their eyes at this, especially uh, some of you folks in Bulls Nation. But the uh, another major problem that the Bulls have had all year is giving up offensive rebounds. And I saw that constantly uh, last night, not just from Giannis, but from Brooke Lopez as well. Yeah, he did. Uh, Brooke yeah, definitely had the you know, definitely made some big shots late that kind of, you know, kept, you know, put the, the game away for the Bucks, And he was sort of the reason why, you know, he's a veteran at this. So I think, you know, this is his first rodeo in the playoffs either. So, yeah, but like I said before, I mean, look, the Bulls, you know, like I said, the Bulls, will they win the series? No, but I think if you can tame, you can tame, you know, Chris Middleton, if you can tame, you know, Drew Holiday, which is not an easy task. 
the Giannis is going to get his shots. I mean, that that's you know that mm-hmm. still goes out saying that's a given. But you know, make make your know, Middleton less of a factor, make Brooke Lopez less of a factor, and you know, Holiday and such. As we get into game two, because you know we we need to kind of you know accelerate this because you know we got a lot of you know, uh playoff you know game ones to talk about you know some really good ones and you know to closing this out. I feel like you know what if the the Bulls you know try to win to you know tomorrow's game. I think this is going to be the, the time when the Bulls, if this is, you know, the steal, yes, game one, you know, you should have stolen it. And that's, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll have to, I'm sure they're going to be looking back on that and kicking themselves. I didn't take advantage of it. But at the same time though, this is sort of the time where, you know, I try to steal the game too. And we'll see. I mean, how everything is, you know, DeMar might play better. Zach might play better, but Giannis might struggle. Who knows? But, Look, this is what playoff basketball is all about. I mean, everything sort of is all in free-for-all. Nothing is a given, and as we're going to see as we talk about the rest of these uh, game ones. Yeah, just a couple of things to wrap up on the Bulls' side of things before I get into your keys for game two. The Bulls shot 32% overall for the game. You didn't have your greatest performances from Zach or DeMar. That says something, as you mentioned. Defense is going to be the key for the Bulls in this series, but both Zach Levine and DeMar DeRosa both had to play well. From the three-point side, both teams didn't shoot the ball great from three. Milwaukee made a couple more than the Bulls did. The Bulls shot 18% from three-point range, while Milwaukee shot at a 26.3% range. Now, in the free-throw department, uh, the Bulls were actually better than the Bucks from the free-throw line. The Bulls were 17 out of 19, Milwaukee 15 out of 23. In the rebounding department, the Bulls, as I said, they, they, they're minus five on the rebounding edge overall, but offensively, uh, even though they had 16 offensive rebounds, it seems to, uh, it seemed to me that Milwaukee was the aggressor on the offensive end. They had a lot of second-chance opportunities, especially in that first half. And so the Bulls had to tighten it up right there. Now, on the steals department, the Bulls had 10, and Milwaukee had 4. And so you're very encouraged right there. But you just got to tighten it up defensively in the interior. I know nothing exciting is going to happen at this time of year, so you had to go with what you have. But there's some ways they can I- improve on that for game two. And then, of course, points in the paint. It was a 42-32 to margin for the Milwaukee Bucks. In total blocks, Milwaukee doubled the Bulls 6-3. to Now, I know some people are going to ask, what more can the Bulls do? Well, they can shut down Giannis. You're not going to shut him down, but you could double-team him a little bit more and keep your eye on Chris Middleton. But in my personal opinion, Drew Holiday is going to be a key for the Bucks in this series. Yeah, I think so. Look, it's, look, it's going to be hard to contain Giannis. I mean, it, it can be done, but it's going to be a tough task. I mean, name somebody that's been able to do that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Um, yeah. But I think <laughs> they, need to show, they need to show up their three-pointer. They're, they're only seven for 37 for three. That's not going to win you a lot of playoff games. So they mm-hmm. need to kind of maybe stop forcing the threes, you know, try to step back a little bit more. I mean, you know, try to be wide open, you know, try to get him contested. He shoot more threes and maybe he can kind of be right there. And also too, and we've talked about this and I don't like I said, in closing with this, um, you know, they need to sort of, you know, try to try to make, you know, Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday less of a factor. And then, you know what, if you do that, then maybe you can kind of have a chance of maybe stealing a couple here, but we'll see what happens. So let's talk about you know game one. Well, well, we won't go through each of them because they were sort of like blowouts. I mean, we could start with you know the one from Saturday, Atlanta and mm-hmm. Atlanta and uh, well, well from Sunday I should say uh, from yesterday, Atlanta and uh, Miami. Kind of what I just as expected. You know, they ended up you know being blown out by the hot by the the Heat. I should say by twenty six points, one fifteen and ninety one. You know, just you know, you know, big contributions from a lot of guys, especially Duncan Robinson, twenty seven points mm-hmm. off the bench. 
And look, I know some people want to make the excuses that, well, you know, Atlanta had to play on Friday and they had to come right back and play, you know, the early game on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, look, I mean, the Heat made 10 threes in the first half. That's one short of their franchise record. They made 11, you know, and a half twice, not once, but twice, you know, during the bubble, uh, mm-hmm. the bubble playoffs, as they call it. So, you know, once they hit their threes, it's going to be hard. You know, they, they end up, you know, making 18 overall. If you're making if they're making their three, it's gonna be hard to beat. I know that Trey Young had probably the worst, you know, shooting, you know, of his career. Only had eight points, was one for twelve, one for twelve from the field. So, you know, quick, you know, quick uh, synopsis of this game, Sid. Well, as you mentioned uh, we we mentioned all year long the Miami Heat are one of the best, if not the best, defensive teams uh, in the NBA, and they showed that yesterday against the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, Atlanta. We mentioned they played on Friday, but it's, it's the playoffs. There's no excuse. Uh, this group has been around the rodeo before. I think they'll play much better in game two. But the Miami Heat shot a stellar 52%, while the Hawks barely shot 38%. And from three-point range, like you mentioned, Lakeen, it's not going to get it done. Miami was at 47%. Atlanta was at 28 But to me, it, it comes down to steals in the assists. Miami also passes the ball well, better than any other team in the NBA, maybe outside the Golden State Warriors. But they almost they doubled the Hawks in the sense with 35 to 16 edge. And also in the steals department, the Miami Heat had 12, the Hawks had eight. So it was all about defense for, for the Miami Heat and sharing the ball. And that's why you saw the balanced scoring that you saw for the Miami Heat yesterday, not just with Duncan Robinson, but with Jimmy Butler as well. Yeah, so we'll see if you know, the Hawks could probably try to steal a game too. I mean, I know that we'll see, you know, if Trey Young can you know, struggle because as he goes, so does the Hawks on uh, offense. Yes. And look, you know, Gallinari had 17 points right to help the cause there, but that wasn't enough. Also, to DeAndre Hunter had 14. They had, excuse me, they had you know, John Collins and Kevin Knox the second each had 10 off the bench, but that wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. as you know, Trey Young goes, so does the Hawks. And if they can't, you know, he can't get it together, then. You know, that's this might be a quick mm-hmm. series, folks. We'll have to wait and see with that one. Um, game one, probably the most talked about game one from from yesterday. You know, what was we're starting with there? Uh, Boston and Brooklyn. Jason Tatum's layup. You know, as time expired, you know, I, I was watching this game. I was getting ready to eat my Easter uh, feast, and you know, it was <laughs> an interesting. It was an interesting game from start to finish. Uh, apparently, I guess there was some footage of Kyrie. I guess you know, giving the. G- you know, giving the, the Celtics fans you know, the, the double bird, if you will. So, <laughs> you know, that, that right before right before that last sequence, I mean, I don't know why KD you know, felt they had to shoot that, try to attempt that three-pointer, but that's a whole other story. So what do you think about this game yesterday between the Nets and the Celtics? As I pretty much figured that this what this series is going to be is going to be a back-and-forth battle. You still have two great uh, offensive teams. I know that, as I mentioned, the Celtics got it together right before the All-Star break and continued on uh, towards the end of the regular season. But Brooklyn should should be the better team. They were yesterday. You were up three with 43 and a half seconds mm-hmm. to go. You just couldn't close it out. If they do that again, they're going to go out in these playoffs in a hurry. But Kevin Durant didn't have the greatest game, but he did make some big shots. I know he ended up with 23 points for the game, but Kyrie Irving really carried that team with 39 points off a 6-10 shooting from three-point range. Now, the one stat that stood out to me the most from Brooklyn was Seth Curry. As I told you, I liked the, uh, liked him in that trade that uh, involving James Harden around the All-Star break. He only had nine points. He must approve on that. And and Patty Mills only had three points. Uh, he only made his only shot at the game. Uh, the Nets had to get some more contributions for him. But the Met, the Nets will have to play better defensively, especially down the stretch. They had the game one, but it was all 
off on that. And if you want to know why Brooklyn will can possibly go out early in this series, just look at that last play where you mentioned Jason Tatum hit that game winning layup. Yeah, you cannot have nobody there. You cannot, you're right. You just cannot have uh, bad communication, bad breakdowns defensively, especially during the last two minutes of an NBA game. Yeah, that if you saw the replay, I'm sure you guys saw there was like there was really nobody there. Once he got past, uh, I could I could tell. I think that was like KD, and I I forgot. I think it might have been uh, Bruce Brown who you know he went through there, and then he was able to get you know Tate you know Tate was able to get through there, and he ended up you know, shooting the layup basically uncontested. So like I don't know what was the breakdown there, but you know it's it's crazy. Uh, Al Horford, this is his not, not his first word in the playoffs. He had 20 points. Um, Marcus Moore had 20, you know, Jalen Brown had 23. So there was basically a team, you know, win, you know, through those four and for the Celtics. And they've kind of been sort of like carrying the load for them all the rest of the season. They got into their hot streak. They need to get contributions from, like I said, from Brown, from Andre Drummond, from Seth Curry. I mean, you know, this is, you know, KD and Kyrie can't do it by them, by, by themselves. And Ben Simmons, he might play game two. Nobody knows at this point. So uh, unless I actually see him on the floor in the uniform playing actual minutes, he's not he's not in the picture as far as I'm concerned. Just, I'm, just, I'm tired yeah. of hearing this nonsense. Well, he might play, he may play. I don't care. If he's out there on the <laughs> floor playing actual minutes, that's when I care. Until then, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we I think we're I think we're at that point where everyone feels that way, said not yeah. just you. So we're gonna take a really <laughs> quick break. We got also some great uh you know game ones to talk about. Jordan Poole, you know, has a big debut in his uh, playoff debut. Suns, it was business as usual for them as well, and so much more playoffs, you know, game ones, and also to a preview some of the game twos coming up, you know, later this week. Along with Sidney Brown, I'm the Keenan McGee, the Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. We'll talk more playoffs after this break. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. 
All right, welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Talking more NBA playoffs here. Uh, Sid, uh, finishing up, you know, the games from yesterday. It's so kind of business usual for Phoenix. You know, Phoenix, you know, beat the the Pelicans one, is it one ten to ninety nine? It was basically they got they jumped into that you know twelve point lead after the first quarter, and it was sort of like that was all she wrote there. Uh, CP three had thirty points. I think he's this is the oldest. For, you know, he's the oldest player to score, you know, at least 30 points, you know, in the playoffs. And, you know, just to the, an amazing uh, what he's been able to do at his age. I think he's, you know, feel like a sense of urgency, urgency, Sid. Uh, Devin Booker kicked in with 26. DeAndre Aiden had 21 uh, and nine rebounds. What do you think about this game, Sid? I don't know if you can see me or hear me, but uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, the, the Phoenix Suns uh, did what they had to do yesterday and, I, I think the Chris Paulios are coming out party for him. And as we mentioned, Devin Booker is on another level. Now the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, just like the Atlanta Hawks, they had to play uh, a couple of days before. And uh, they, they, they hung in tough with the Phoenix Suns on the road for a while. But as we mentioned, Chris Paul took over in that fourth quarter. Uh, he had a couple of key threes. He made a couple of key assists and, uh, Phoenix was able to hold on, but for the game, New Orleans only shot uh, 37%, while Phoenix shot 53%. So that was another uh, key stat right there for three-point range. Not um, there wasn't nothing to write home about. Phoenix shot one more three-pointer, uh, made better than New Orleans at 10 to nine ratio. But in the rebound department, you know, New Orleans out double Phoenix. It was it was in the assist department, twenty five to twenty, where Phoenix shined the most. So it was all about team basketball for Phoenix inbound scoring and Chris Paul um, uh, making sure that he imposed his will uh, on the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's what I took out of Game One. It would be interesting to see once they've had some rest, can the Pelicans sort of at least make it interesting and perhaps maybe still Game Two. Mm -hmm. We'll have to wait and see with that one. Now going into Saturday's games. Yeah, Utah and Dallas, you know, Utah 99-93, you know, stealing that game. One, of course, mm -hmm. you know, the Mavs are right now without Luka because that calf injury. Donovan yeah. Mitchell had 33, 32 points, I should say. And it's interesting because, you know, the, the Mavs actually kept it close. The Mavs, it, they could have won that game. You know, it was sort of right there for the Mavs to sort of take advantage of it, but they just couldn't do it. You know, Donovan Mitchell made some, you know, key baskets late and, it's sort of interesting. You know, I think you know thirty of his thirty-two points in the second half. So mm -hmm. he kind of you know he had his struggles early in the game. You know, actually they were able to the you know the Jazz were able to kind of you know keep it going. But it was actually until he started heating up in the second half that it sort of like you know propelled him to that win. And also too, Jalen Brunson led the Dallas Mavericks with twenty-four points. That they also had some balanced scoring around them as well. The the thing about it is for, for Dallas, uh, they need Luka back and Luka back in a hurry. Yes, you, you mentioned that Dallas almost pulled it off, but Luka Doncic is that dude that makes that team go. And also, too, give Jason Kidd credit. Uh, that team can play defense, uh, speaking of the Dallas Mavericks, but they just uh, couldn't do it in the last two minutes of the game. They actually took a lead briefly before Royce O'Neal, the Jazz, uh, made a big a three-point shot with, the, with the less than a minute to go. As I said 
to the to you in, the, in our illustrious panel on Friday show. You, it's no excuse for Utah not to still one of the first two games. They did that on Saturday, and I will see what happens in game two. Now, taking a look at the, some of the numbers here, Utah shot 43% while Dallas struggled at 38. In the free throw department, Dallas has six more free throws made than than the Utah Jazz, 26 to 20. But in the rebounding department, Utah actually did well at 53 to 34. That was the key stat, in my opinion, why why the Jazz stole game one on the road. We just see if they can keep it up and still game two. It doesn't look like Luca, Luca will be able to you know, recover well enough to play you know, in game two. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. The game two they play tonight. So we'll keep you updated on that. A very entertaining game after that one. You had Minnesota and Memphis. Minnesota was able to pull that off 131-17. Anthony Edwards had 36 leading the way, leading the way there for mm-hmm. Minnesota. Um, you know, it's sort of this is actually the first time that opposing, you know, players 20 at 22 years or younger each scored 22 points in a playoff game. That has not happened before. And you know, you know, Carl Anthony Towns' dad and John Morant's dad had a nice. That was an awesome moment. Know, that was a really cool moment. You know, right before, as like there a few seconds left, and such. I know that there was some you know, audio issues with that game too, as as well. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is with that. But uh, you know, it's sort of one of those things where you know, people people say that John and John Morant's dad doesn't like Usher. I don't know why. Where some people got that from, but I guess I don't know. But uh. uh <laughs> Malik Beasley had 23 off the bench as well for Minnesota. So that helped them, you know, in that deal, you know, propelling them to that win as well. Mm-hmm. So they stole this game. And a lot of people thought that maybe that, you know, look, Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of people are picking them to perhaps maybe be a sleeper pick for the finals. But, you know, they better get together because I think the T Wolves are showing you that, you know what? Look, I thought that maybe they were probably going to be like happy just to be there. But it, I guess they're showing me, <laughs> they're showing me something. Yeah, for you guys, I know the Minnesota Timberwolves haven't had uh, much national television exposure this year, but uh, get to know these some of these young guys uh, as well, like Anthony Edwards and Beasley, who had a, a, a great game as well. He has um, he had twenty three points in to- in total out, uh, toward the uh, at, for his finish at the end of that game. Uh, Patrick Beverly, we didn't get a chance to see that chess match as much against John Morant, even though John Morant had a good game, especially in, uh, in that first half, but. Minnesota did what they had to do down the stretch in, in stopping Memphis. Memphis shooting went cold, especially late in that fourth quarter. And Carl Anthony Towns, as you mentioned, had another great game with 29 points and 13 rebounds. But uh, D'Angelo Russell, he struggled only 10 points on 2-11 shooting, but he made a couple of key free throws down the stretch. I think he needs to improve for game two. But for Memphis, on the flip side, outside of John Morant's 32, you didn't get too much outside of Dylan Brooks' 24 points. Jaron Jackson had 12 points. Desmond Bain, he had 17. I thought he could have played a little bit better. And outside of, of Clark with 13 points off the bench for Memphis, you didn't get too much from their bench. So I think that the key for Memphis for game two, is for Desmond Bain and another guy to step up. Who's going to be the third guy to step up for Memphis to help out John Moran? And they got to get much better point production from their bench. And Steven Adams has to contribute as well. He only had yeah, he gave you nothing. He gave nothing, you nothing. Literally nothing. So mm-hmm. he definitely he needs to step up as well. The Grizzlies actually have a shot because, like I said before, their you know, folks have them as perhaps maybe being a sleeper pick for the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. This is not how you want to start out. So we'll see. What happens uh, here, uh, Toronto and Philadelphia. Um, you know, Philadelphia pulled that out uh, on Saturday as well. Uh, it really wasn't that competitive. I mean, I know the Sixers you know, pulled away late. You know, 
Tyrese Maxey had 38 points. So, you know, leading the way there. And it's sort of one of those things where you kind of like, mm, excuse me. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this game kind of like had me perplexed. I thought it was going to be a little bit more competitive. I mean, you know, I know that you know, the Raptors didn't make a run in the third, but, you know, the Sixers were, were able to pull away. And look, I think you know, Tobias Harris had 28 points. Uh, Harden kind of struggled. Mm-hmm. He only had 22. But, and Embiid only had 19, but it was nice, but he had a double double. He had 15 rebounds, so it was nice to see uh, Maxi sort of step up and it was, you know actually get brought into a nice win. Yeah, it was a nice overall team win for Philadelphia. They didn't have to try hard too much because they had to control the most of the game. But on the flip side for Toronto, uh, and it's going to be a question up to game time for game two tonight is the injury to Scotty Barnes. I told you he's the yeah. runner in my opinion for rookie of the year. Uh, next to Evan Mobile, the Cavaliers. We'll get into the awards nominees mm-hmm. uh, uh, later on in this in this segment. But uh, Toronto, he uh, Scotty Barnes is athletic. He makes that team go. I know Pascal Siakam, uh, he's the superstar for that team. He actually posted up good numbers, but Scotty Barnes really makes that team go. You know Toronto, with their length and speed, can get up and down the floor with anyone uh, in the NBA. But Scotty Barnes' absence was definitely missed yet, uh, missed on Saturday. And like I said, we'll see what happens if he plays tonight in Game 2. Now, Pascal Siakam, as I mentioned, had 24 points. And OJ Anubi had 20. But no one else really stepped up for Toronto. Yes, Fred Van Fleet had 18 off of 4 or 7 shooting from downtown. But they really didn't get much help from their bench. And we'll see if that Barnes injury you know, kind of comes back to haunt them because he was a big reason why Toronto got you know is right where they are now. So with him, you know, if he actually has to miss a game or two, this series could end pretty quick if you're the Raptors. So you better hope. Yes, without standing, yes, some of these, you know, the Sixers can't play because you know, when they once they mm-hmm. do play in Toronto, that's a whole nother uh convo. But it'll be interesting to see if if this Barnes injury actually, you know, doesn't, you know sort of is the ending for the Raptors. I don't want to say it is because they got a really you know, a lot of great players, but those players got mm-hmm. to kick it up a notch if Barnes is, is indeed gone. Last up here in the game ones, you got uh, Golden State, you know, pulling away from Denver, 123 to 107. <laughs> Jordan Poole had 30 points, you know, in his playoff debut. And, you know, the third player Warriors history to score 30 points in their debut who are the other two? You wonder a couple of Hall of Famers, Wilt and uh, Mitch Richmond. So he's uh, in pretty good company there. And this is when you know, you know, Clay Thompson it was only seven for fifteen. He had nineteen points. Devon, you know, Draymond Green, I should say, had twelve points. Andrew Wiggins had sixteen. So Poole has been, you know, we'll 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 get to, we'll get to you know what he's down there for in a second. But Poole definitely was a leader, you know, in that front for this win for the Warriors. And also, too, let's not forget about the impact of Draymond Green. He had 12 points off of six rebounds and nine assists. Uh, he's a big presence for that Warriors team defensively. You don't need him to score, but uh, he can contribute uh, uh, occasionally on the offensive end. But he really set that tone on the defensive end. As you mentioned, Steph Curry, who did return to action off the bench in 22 minutes of action. He had 60 points, including three or six shooting from downtown. You didn't need him to do that much because the game was out of hand uh, late in that second half. So if you're Steve Kerr, you're relieved. And hopefully that could be the game plan for Steph Curry as he, uh, he's built up his stamina going forward in these playoffs of the, should the Warriors have a long playoff run. But on the flip side for, for Denver, outside of Nikolai Jokic's 25 points, and really Barton did contribute with 24. Outside of those two, you really didn't see anything from Aaron Gordon. You didn't see anything from uh, from Morris and 
the playoffs off that bench didn't really give you anything. I really didn't see anybody else step up from Denver there, and they were, and they really got uh, out hustled and, and out played by the Warriors, especially on the defensive end. Well, this is when not having Jamal Murray and not having Michael Porter mm-hmm. Jr. This is sort of you know that playoff experience. This is sort of what you're missing, you know, for the for Denver and. Look, I mean, I don't want to say you know, the Warriors are going to sweep the Nuggets. You know, I think the Nuggets could probably no. win one at home, but you know, they need more contributions. I mean, Jokic can't do it by himself, so they're going to have to more guys from there are going to have to step up because if not, this series is going to end pretty quick. And I know they don't, you know, the Nuggets fans don't want that. Yeah, uh, they don't want that. So the Nuggets better show up for Game Two, or else this series could be over in a hurry. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you discussing the NBA playoffs. Lakina, let's preview uh, uh, some of the games that's coming up uh, for this upcoming week, starting with tonight's schedule at 6.30 p.m. on TNT is game two between the Raptors and 76ers from Philly. Uh, Philadelphia, as we mentioned, lead that series one game to none. Lakina, what's your key, one key for both teams for tonight's game two? Well, if Barnes isn't able to play, then we're going to have the same situation that we saw in game one. You know, the, the Sixers are going to you know pull away and they're going to take advantage of that. And I'm sure Harden will be will play a, a little bit better and we'll see. I mean, this is going to be very interesting, especially, like I said, if what you call it, if Barnes can't play. I mean, I know, you know, Maxi, we'll see if he can keep up his hot streak. You know, we'll know. I know Embiid, you know, we'll probably step up a little bit better. You know, we'll see how Harden does and such. So. And it's not just him uh, with uh, Barnes, with him being out. I mean, you know, Gary Trent Jr. has struggled a little bit with injuries. He's mm-hmm. that young as well. So if they can't get, if they can't get contributions from you know from guys you know like Siakam and Van Fleet and more, you know more sort of you know stuff guys stepping up, this could be another one of those series where it could end pretty quick. So as long as everyone else is you know their main guys are you know not banged up for the Sixers, you can probably take control of this game and the series. At 7.30 p.m. on NBA TV tonight is game two between the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks in the first round of that Western Conference uh, series. As we mentioned, Utah leads that series one game to none. Uh, For me, Lakina, the key for me is Dallas continues to play. You can carry some momentum from what happened on Saturday. Just You need to close out better down the stretch, get to the free throw line, and you have to – have have some little extra loose balls, some rebounds here and there, like like we mentioned in the recap from Saturday. Dallas didn't play bad at all, but they just need to finish down the stretch. Spencer Dinwiddie is going to have to have to have a, a big game. Reggie Bullock is going to have to have a great game. Mm-hmm. And for Utah, this is the time to get greedy because it looks like Luke Doncic won't be back for tonight. And so, if you Utah, you did what you have to do, but now let's go get greedy, try to get two. And it yeah, real well. the series real was swinging in your favor. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if they can take advantage of that again because you know we've seen you know, uh, Mitchell and, and 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 Gobert. We'll see if you know he says up. He struggled a little bit in game one. Michael Conley Jr. We'll see you know with mm-hmm. him. So yeah, but other guys need to step up. I mean, you're if you're Tim Hardaway Jr. If you're you know other you know other guys on that you know Mavs squad. I mean, you look, you showed that you could actually do pretty well. You're actually really close to perhaps maybe winning that game and stealing that game from the Jazz. So. Those guys needed to step up in game two because if if not, I mean, this is you're going to be in an O2 hole and you may not be able to get out of that. And wrapping up the Monday night doubleheader on TNT at nine o'clock Chicago time is the Nuggets and the Warriors game two of that first round series in the Western Conference. 
Golden State leads that series one game to none. Uh, Daniel Lakina just hit it on the head a few minutes ago. Denver decides to get more contributions from their supporting cast to help out Nikolai Jokic. And for the Warriors, let's see if Steph Curry can, can play uh, just a, a few more minutes. Let's see what Draymond Green can do. As I mentioned, he was an impact defensively on in Saturday's game. Jordan Poole, I don't think he's going to score 38 points again, but you'd like to see him continue his uh, his play. And I think Clay Thompson can have a better game tonight. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, he only he still had 19, even though he struggled from the field. So it's not mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know, it wasn't you know, he wasn't a total uh, wasn't a total loss for him. But I think if, if you're if you're the Nuggets, I think like you said, so you're gonna need more contributions outside of of Jokic. You know, he's gonna need help, and we're seeing that. You know what? You know, somebody needs to step up, you know, to help him out because if not, this series is gonna end pretty quick. And I, like I said, I don't think it's gonna be a sweep, but. You need to win this game tonight if you're the Nuggets because if you don't, you're going to be an 0-2, you know, down going into going to Denver, and that might not be a good place you want to be in. All right, let's go to tomorrow's schedule, which is Tuesday um, at 6.30 p.m. on TNT. It's the Eastern Conference first-round series between the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks from Miami. Of course, the Heat uh, beat the Hawks yesterday in Game 1. Game 2 is tomorrow. Lakina. Here's, here are my keys. Miami still continue to play well defensively, shut down Trey Young. On the flip side for the Hawks, out, somebody outside of Trey Young has to uh, has to help out Mr. Young because it didn't happen yesterday. I think Atlanta will play much better, but I think Miami will still hold them off. I think the Hawks will play much better. I know the injury to Clint Capella didn't help either, even mm-hmm. though the game was out of reach for the Hawks. I think Atlanta will play better, but I think Miami is the better team they should uh, take a commanding two games to none lead in that series. We'll see if they can take advantage of that because I think, you know, yes, we can see. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll have a look. We had a couple of days rest if you're the Hawks. You can kind of try to k- take advantage of that. And you know what? And like I said, we'll see what happens here. And if you're Miami, you're you kind of got them on the ropes. So I, if you're the Heat, I think you better you know try to get up to oh you know try to get contributions from Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler. Bama Bio and, and among others, you're a really good defensive team, Miami. So try to mm-hmm. stuff you know Trey Young and see if you can kind of keep that two two zero series lead and perhaps maybe even control the series. The NBA TV game for Tuesday will take place in Memphis at seven thirty p.m. in that Western Conference first round action game two between the Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. To the Timberwolves lead that best of seven series one game to none. Lakina is simple. Um, Desmond Bain for me has to step up for. Memphis to help out John Morant. They need to get contributions from their bench. And mm-hmm. again, they neutralize Anthony Edwards. We all know that Carl Anthony Towns, who had 29 points in game one, uh, he's going to try to take over in game two. Can you neutralize him? And can you neutralize their supporting cast? I think the pet pressure is on Memphis. Who's going to help out John Morant? And Memphis has to play a better role team defense, especially in the interior. Uh, the pressure is on them tomorrow. I think they get game two. We'll see. I mean, like I said, Steven Adams needs to step up. He was over, no contributions at all. And they Bain mm-hmm. needs to also step up as well. So but they got the the youth. I think the experience, you know, none of the neither of these teams are really experienced in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think we'll you know, we'll see. I don't think it's gonna be like 130, 117 like it was you know, on Saturday, but I, I think this is gonna be one of those games where it probably could come down to like, you know, getting down to the wire. It got got a little bit chippy. We'll see, but you know, we'll again this is gonna be one of those games where Again, we'll we'll see who wants it more. 
Yeah, let's see if Patrick Beverly, who was booed by the Memphis fans on Saturday, let's see how much pressure that he puts on John Morant to, for Game 2 tomorrow. Wrapping up the Tuesday night doubleheader on TNT will be Game 2 of that Western Conference first-round series between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix leads that series one game to none. Lakina, uh, I think New Orleans, you couldn't play any better than you did last night, but I, I, I get the sense that Phoenix wants to finish this series in a hurry. and I don't see why not they can't do it. So I think game two for me, New Orleans has to shoot better from three-point range. And, and if you're Phoenix, keep doing what you're doing, playing great team basketball, getting contributions besides Chris Paul and Devin Booker. DeAndre Aiden is a beast inside. We saw that in last year's uh, playoff run from him. So if you're Phoenix, just uh, don't play down to your competition. Really put your step on the New Orleans Pelicans. You should have a 2-0 lead by the time. Uh, game two ends tomorrow night. You're able to hold them off. You know, they end up winning by. Mm-hmm. They actually did get it down to like eight. You know, the, the Pelicans did, but, you know, of mm-hmm. course, you know, the Suns were able to hold them off. But I think if you're the Suns, I think you tried to take control of the series, you know, in it quickly and get some rest, you know, for the second round. So I think that's what's going to happen tomorrow night. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's go to Wednesday schedule. Game two of the Boston. Brooklyn Nets series game two of that series in the Eastern Conference first round will take place on Wednesday at six o'clock on TNT. Of course, Boston leads that series one game to none. Brooklyn will have a day off just like the Bulls in between games one and two. I expect Brooklyn to play much better. Kevin Durant is going to have a, a better game. Kyrie Irving, I don't think he's going to score 39 points again, but he's going to be effective. But Patty Mills for me and Seth Curry, those are the two guys I'm, I'm focusing on for to help out the Brooklyn Nets in game two. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the the sort of like the one thing. And I think this is what I think Nets are going to steal a game too, I feel like, because that game, you know, game one for, was there for them to win it. They had boxed out somebody or tried to block, you know, mm-hmm. Tatum shots, you know, layup shots, you know, they would have won that game. So I think this is going to be one of those, you know, games. I think, you know, KD will probably have, you know, you know his best game, you know, so far. This is, you know, KD doing KD things in the playoffs. He'll probably score like 30 mm-hmm. or 35, and that'll be enough for the Nets to steal a game too. And, of course, uh, continuing with the Wednesday schedule on NBA TV, Game 3 of the Raptors 76ers series will take place from Toronto. And wrapping up the Wednesday night doubleheader on TNT, the Bulls and the Bucks Game 2 from Milwaukee's Fight Surf Center. Of course, Milwaukee beat the Bulls last night, 93-86, to lead that best of seven series one game to none. And let's go to Thursday schedule. Uh, uh, 6.30 p.m. on TNT Grizzlies at Timberwolves for Game 3 in the Target Center in Minnesota. At 8 o'clock on NBA TV, Mavericks and Jazz in the Western Conference first round game three in that series. And the Warriors and Nuggets were cap off the doubleheader nightcap on TNT at 9 p.m. That's game three from Denver between Warriors and Nuggets. So that's your schedule for the NBA playoffs for this week. All right. You listen to Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago along with Cindy Brown on Lakina McGee. Also, too, it was a busy day in the NBA yesterday. They announced their finalists for some of their various awards. We'll start with NBA Most Valuable Player. Oh, most of these are represented by Kia. Um, you know, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. So out of those three, who ends up winning that? I think uh, Joel Embiid uh, will end up winning that award because, one, he's he led the league in scoring for this year. And, number two, he's the first big man to do it since Shaquille O'Neal with the Lakers 22 years ago. Number two, I don't know. I know Nikolai Djokic, as I talked about before, he's a very good player. I know he's defending MVP from a year ago. But why is he up there as a, as a team representing a sixth-place team? I don't know. 
I thought it should have been Devin Booger as one of the finalists, but uh, that's a whole nother conversation. So I, so I, I, uh, Joel and B should be your MVP, but nigga like Joker shouldn't be out there, even though he has some numbers. His team finished in sixth place, but if <laughs> I'll let Matt and Dave from our show last Friday argue that one out, so I'm not going to get into it too much. I'm trying to save my energy for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably end up being Embiid, I think. Mm-hmm. But to some people will say that that performance that that the Nuggets had, I think, showing you why that you know how valuable Jokic is. That's what some people might go by. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, but I think it'll be it'll probably end up being a very close vote. It'll only probably mainly come down mm-hmm. to like a couple of votes, I think. So, but we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see. Now for Rookie of the Year, of course, you know Scotty Barnes. Oh, that's your guy, said from the Raptors, Kate Cunningham from the Pistons, and Evan your guy. Bowley. <laughs> Yeah, and Evan Mobley for the cast. But I think I'm going to pick Evan Mobley. I, I feel like, you know, he was because he did struggle a little bit those last you know, month of the season. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's definitely you know, up there you know, with the rookies, you know, for points and rebounds and interior, you know, in, on the inside. So I think he'll end up winning this award. I agree with you. Uh, it's Evan Mobley. He's been uh, consistent all year. So has Scotty Barnes, but Kate Cunningham of the Pistons, I know they're a terrible team, but he started to, to pick it up, especially after the All-Star break. The Pistons actually started to play better a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know people didn't give him attention because they're a terrible basketball team, but Kate Cunningham really turned it around, so I'll give him props for that. But I'm with you. It should be Evan Mobley. Yes, Toronto did make the playoffs, but Cleveland was in the race all year. Yeah, they were right there until the end, so... Uh, they, oh, fortunately, injuries and perhaps I think fatigue also got to them too. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll, you'll see who wins that award. And also, to the Kia NBA Sixth Man of the Year, you got Tyler Hero from the Heat. That's our girl, Lana Sky. Uh, Cam <laughs> Johnson from the Suns and Kevin Love from the Cavs. I think it will be Cam Johnson. I think like he's done it consistently. I mean, Hero's been really good for the Heat. You know, he's a really good defensive guy off the bench for them, but you know. I think offensively too, he just seems a little bit. He has been consistent, so kind of an up and down. So I think this is definitely Cam's award. Although they may, it might be. You know, says you know, Love is sort of the elder statesman of that group, so they may give it to him. But I think it should be Cam Johnson's. I'm going with Tyler Harrow of Miami. We know the Miami Heat uh, have a bunch of quote unquote nobodies on their team. For those of you that don't watch them on a consistent basis, uh, they have balanced scoring. And Tyler Hero is, is a part of that. Of course, you have Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, but Harold's uh, Tyler Hero has been doing it all year and throughout the last few years of his career as well. So that system perfectly fits him, and, and he, he's one of the reasons why in the Miami he finished at the top of the East uh, in the regular season. Should be interesting to see what direction they go with that award. The NBA Defensive Player of the Year, you got Mike Mikal Bridges, I should say, from the Suns, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz, and Marcus Smart from the Celtics. No Bam out of bio. I know some people, are, some Heat fans, are not very happy with that. But uh, who do you think wins this award? Shall I say Gobert for the fourth time? Maybe I'm off base on that. <laughs> I'll go I with mean, Gobert. Yeah, I mean, he's been the most consistent defensively. So I think this will be the first time that someone you know had, had would win four in a row. So. I, I think, yeah, yeah, he could end up being, being the first guy to do it. So we'll see what happens. A future bull, maybe? That's a whole other conversation. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Well, that should be an interesting award to look out for. Most improved, we got Darius Garland with the Cavs, Job Moran from the Grizzlies, and Deon, Deontay Murray from the Spurs. I, you know, the fact that he's been sort of in and out the lineup, I think, has shown that maybe he's not really a big contribution you know, to the, uh, the Grizzlies. But I think John Moran will probably win this one, I think. I'm going to surprise people. I'm going with Darius Garland. 
Of course, uh, he was an all-star this year. He was one of the reasons why next to Jared Allen that the Cleveland Cavaliers were in the mix as far as the playoff race was concerned all year long. And Darius Garland may, may, makes that team go. And so I'm going with Garland on this one. Should be another interesting award to watch out for. Also, too, ABA Coach of the Year, you got Taylor Jenkins from the Grizzlies, Eric Spolstra from the Heat, and Monty Williams from the Suns. I suddenly feel like this could be a makeup award, I, I feel like. So I'm thinking that maybe, you know, Monty Williams is up winning it. But that's like, it might be, a, like I said, it might be a makeup thing from last year because he should have won last year. I said what I said. But I think he wins <laughs> it this year. <laughs> I won't be surprised if that happened. Now, Eric Spolstra should win that award. But right. I think it's uh, um, the head coach of Memphis, Taylor Jenkins, um, his award to lose. Yeah, I mean, well, I would like I wouldn't crap if either, either the other other two win, but I think this might be a mm -hmm. makeup thing. But again, we'll see what happens. Those are NBA uh, awards. The awards will the the announcement will be made. <clears throat> excuse me. I believe right after the finals, we're well, right before the finals. I think so. I don't think they made an official announcement on when the, this, the award will be handed out, but we'll keep you guys updated on that. So hour number one in the books, hour number two is you know, coming up next. We got MLB, a good weekend for both the Sox and Cubs. Also, too, uh, some uh, audio issues, you know, played the Angels and their, uh, during their series, and a whole lot more. Also, too, uh, four superstar NFL quarterbacks are challenging each other in a game of golf, in a round of golf. We'll explain. We'll see you on the Kenny McGee, the second season sports on Sports on Chicago. And we'll, you know, we'll see you after this for hour number two. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, it's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You follow me, Akita McGee, on the Twitter and Akita McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us during our last 60 minutes of this extravaganza we call the Sports Radio Show, you can go to our YouTube page at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's kick off our n- number two with talking baseball. Lakina, let's start off with our local teams. First on the south side, the 6-3 and three Chicago White Sox. Uh, they failed to sweep the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday. Uh, the Rays came back with a big eighth inning to uh, basically uh, take care of the White Sox by the score of 9-3. to three. Lakina, the Chicago White Sox took two out of three from Tampa Bay over the weekend. Of course, I was there yesterday and Saturday. Of course, the, the weather had a lot to do with the fact that the White Sox, the White Sox couldn't score enough runs. Okay, but this April weather, it, is, it was chilly too. But the White Sox did what they had to do, especially in the first two games of this series with the Dylan Cease's eight strikeouts on Friday. Michael Kobeck had five strikeouts in his game on Saturday, and the White Sox just had enough offense to take care of Tampa Bay. The, the thing that I realized it was from yesterday's game, Vince Velasquez, uh, when, hopefully mm-hmm. Giolito can, cannot come back soon enough. When that happens, Velasquez should go to the bullpen or be asked for his release. I know he <laughs> said all that after that first inning yesterday. But number two, and we talked about this before the season kicked off, Lakina. What did I tell you about the White Sox? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it came back to bite them partially yesterday. Good when you're a home run hitting team and you do not draw enough um, chaos Offense. around the base pass, yeah. it's going to bite you in the you-know-why. And that's what happened yesterday. But during their win so far this season, the White Sox had generated enough of havoc around the base pass, including Luis Robert and Tim Anderson. And so when those two do their thing around the base pass, the White Sox usually win most of the time. When they're stationed in the station, they lose the majority of the time. I know Tim Anderson had a home run that he got robbed yesterday. I think Yasmina Gargadal had a, almost had a home run on Saturday's game. He got robbed partially due because of the weather. But on the flip side for Tampa Bay that I, that I, I knew for the last couple of years, they don't have any – Big home run hitters on their team, but their the, their guys play the right way. They move runners along, their contact hitters, and they make things happen around the base pass to to go along with their great pitching. And that's what I took from this series this weekend. Yeah, it's sort of you know, yeah, blame the weather. Okay, yeah, we're gonna do that. All right, uh, but they've they've hit, they've hit an ill. They produced it was partially the weather. Yeah, I mean the cooler, you know, rainy. It was a little bit of rainy, kind of rained on and off yesterday, and you know, on, on Easter, which is how look. This is Chicago. This is how it is. We get four seasons in one day here. So in April, yeah. throughout <laughs> most of the month of April. So it's not. You know, let's not put it all on the weather. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? Okay, yeah, the Sox. You went two out of three against the Rays. I mean, I mean that that's sort of look. You got your contributions from various you know, guys. I know Velasquez struggled, and then such. You know, look, he's you're gonna have to deal with him until you know Gio comes. Gio comes back. So. You know, it, it is what it is with him. Hopefully, he can you know figure it out by his next start. You know, I'm sure he's gonna have another start before you know Gilio comes back. So we'll have to see what happens there. But look, I think, but also too, I think for me, this the concern is the bullpen. I think the bullpen is you know, so, you know becoming a really big issue as it was last season. 
yes, you've improved in some of the bullpen, and but they 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 kept you from score. You kept them from scoring, which is a good thing. But again, I don't want this to be the problem like it was, you know, this you know last year about this time. So mm-hmm. let's you know, get the bull, bullpen shored up. Hopefully, Joe Kelly will be back soon. He'll be should be back in about a month from now. So someone's got to hold down the floor while you know before he comes. So it's gonna be very interesting to see who steps up. It, it, on that front, but again, I think look, you, you you'll take it for the White Sox. I mean, you had a really good weekend. You got one of the best records in the AL right now. And look, if you're a White Sox fan, you should be feeling pretty good right now. Also, too, for the uh, Chicago White Sox, you mentioned that bullpen. Aaron Bummer, uh, he, <laughs> I don't have any hair left, but if I had some, I would be pulling it out right now. But mm. it seems like to me, in this early season, he gets himself into trouble, but somehow he gets out of it. And uh, kudos to him, but he's got to be more consistent for me. Uh, as we talked about him off and on last year, uh, he has to be more consistent this year. Mm. Now, Liam Hendricks, he got that save on Saturday. I was there, but uh, uh, it was, he almost gave it up uh, just like opening day at Detroit, but he was able to get out of it, and, and the White Sox were able to win the second game of that series. So I think those two uh, gentlemen will be the focus, the focal points of the the focal point on that Chicago uh, White Sox bullpen until you mentioned Joe Kelly returns. Now Kendall Grayman has done an excellent job. We haven't had much trouble out of him. He's uh, come on and done his thing. But Liam Hendricks, I know people want to get mad at him because of the antics and stuff like that. But so far, so good outside of opening day. He's been doing his job. I'm really worried about Aaron Bummer, but the middle relief hasn't been all that bad. It hasn't been no, all that bad. So, not all that but as bad, we but... said before, until Giolito comes back, and and definitely when Lance Lynn come ha- comes back, especially uh, if you believe the reports, he's ahead of schedule. Using air quotes here, but this offense for the White Sox has to carry this team until both those gentlemen come back. Hopefully, Giolito will be back in the next week or two. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what what happens. Hopefully, Velasquez won't. Like I said, he'll probably have one more start. So I think hopefully yeah. whatever that'll be, you know, hope he'll he'll get us all together and be consistent. Now, as far as you know, the the next series against you know the Guardians, uh, this news came out uh, about an hour ago. There's some weather, the weather that hit us, you know, with the snow and the rain and such, you know, is now hitting Cleveland right now. And that game, it was supposed to be tonight, well, was postponed. So no uh, uh, White Sox Guardians game tonight, but they will, uh, you know, come back tomorrow. They have not said whether or not this will be a double header. I think they may just yeah, it's a double. So, yeah, double tonight's game will be part of a double header on July twelfth. July twelfth. Okay, so not yeah, so, July. So it won't be. Mm-hmm. It won't be. It won't be. You know, like little, like you know, tomorrow, but it will be in July. So we'll mm-hmm. make sure you guys make that note there. So yeah, so the weather. I mean, look, it's Midwest this time of year. What can you say? Mm-hmm. Now talking about the Cubs for a second. The Cubs went three out of four against the Rockies. Including, um, you know, their, their offense has been really good. I mean, you know, Patrick Wisdom has looked really good for the Cubs. Their pitch has been really good. I know that uh, Marcus Roman, again, didn't have a good start on that, you know, mm-hmm. on Saturday. So that, you know, that unfortunately, you know, that was, you know, that, you know, unfortunately, that kept them from getting the sweep. But if you're the Cubs, you're in a pretty good spot right now. You're getting some contributions from, from your, your, your pitching, you know, with the exception of Stroman. Then you guys, you know, good hitting. You're getting guys from all over the place. So, I think if you're a Cubs fan, look, they their bullpens were really solid too. I mean, Rowan Wick had a nice start yesterday for them mm-hmm. to you know win that series. You gotta be really pretty good for the Cubs right now. I think no one really expected the Cubs to actually do too much, and they probably won't. But at least so far, you're getting contributions from guys. I know Cliff Frazier had a really good series. Mandrigal, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Seiya Suzuki, 
you know, had like, I think like four. Yeah, he had like four RBIs during that series with the Rockies. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Wisdom had a, a solid series too. I mean, so if you're the Cubs, you're, you're really pretty good. You're five and four. I mean, you're, you know, listen, if you could, like I say, if you could finish within like 500, that's actually a really successful season if you're the Cubs. Yeah, there'll be a successful season for the Cubs, especially with that extra wild card spot that starts this year. But looking at yesterday's game, you got a surprising performance from Drew Smiley. Pitched four and two-thirds innings. He finished the right? game with four strikeouts. Only gave up four hits and a walk, so that wasn't too bad. The Cubs nearly blew that 6 nothing lead, but uh, they were able to hold on to win thanks to that great bullpen. And don't forget about David Robertson as well, uh, the yeah. former Yankee from back in the day. He's been doing a heck of a job coming out of that bullpen for David Ross's crew. Now, offensively, you mentioned Seiya Suzuki. He had another home run yesterday. He has four now. And Will Scotteris' bat is starting to come around. Will he get traded at the trade deadline? We'll worry about that down the road. But for right now, his bat's starting to heat up. He had another home run yesterday. So this Cubs offense, even doesn't look the names don't look great on paper, they really getting contributions right now. As you mentioned, Lakeena, I forgot to bring him up in our last show. But Nick uh, Nick Madrigal, Nicky Two Strikes, uh, the former White Sox player, he's going to really make a difference in the mm-hmm. top of that lineup if he stays healthy. Yeah, he really does, and I think this is what the what White Sox fans wanted to see from him. Yeah. So, so but so far he's looked really good for the Cubs. So, like I said before, I think the Cubs are look they're going to be a fit. They're going to cause a fit for some teams, some top the contending teams. You know, we saw what they did with the Brewers those first few days of the season. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're like I said, if you're a Cubs fan, you got to be feeling pretty good where your team is right now. So, talk about the rest of the MLB, uh, the Dodgers, the hottest team in the, in the league. They yep. swept <laughs> the Reds. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting uh, weekend for them. I mean, yeah, they, they like I said, they swept the Reds. They'll do what they're supposed to against a, a quote-unquote mm-hmm. inferior team. Um, the Houston Seattle series. I mean, that was a <laughs> that was a heck of a series there. I you know I believe the Astros won two out of three there. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's so you know. Early in the season, I think this sort of like we get to find out what these teams are made of. So I know Seattle ended up winning this up this winning the series, I should say. They won uh, yesterday seven to two. I saw the I saw a little bit of that game on this uh lovely laptop here. And you know, like I said, Seattle, like I guess I picked them to win a division. So I think this could be uh way the series against the Astros. Really good start. Yeah, if you have Seattle, you're a young team, as we mentioned, they were in the playoff race until almost the last of the season last year. Uh, we saw what happened to them here in Chicago. They avoided getting swept by the White Sox. And we mentioned Houston Astros, they're down right now. Uh, could they still be a good team at the end? I believe so. But right now, if you see Seattle, you take the wins as you can as you can uh, accustom to because another team we're going to talk about here right now is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, they took care of a young Texas team over the weekend, I believe, sweeping them. And so Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. that, bat, that bat is starting to wake up. I know Mike Trout is uh, injured again, but uh, they're getting surprising some start good starting pitching along with their bullpen. So I'm not ready to put Anaheim in the playoffs just yet, but they're off to a good start right now. Now, if only they would have guys that are actually in uh, the Los Angeles uh, Angels, Anaheim, Orange County, wherever the heck they are, and perhaps <laughs> maybe because uh, well, well, I'll take a, I'll take a, a quick synopsis of what happened. Um, you know, there's you know, Bali Sports. You know, that's where that's uh, the Angels uh, flagship network. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Fasgrosi is one of the television guys there. They they chose they chose him to do play by play from the East Coast. If he saw that home run from Trowbills before he got hurt, um, the, the audio delays and such, it was just terrible. And 
if you're well, Taylor Ward, I should say that was that was his home run. And if you're the Angels, you should be embarrassed. I, I mean, it was even even Vashkirja said it was embarrassing because look, I don't look, I know why still remote bar- broadcasts are still doing it because it saves them money, you know, and such and such. Mm-hmm. But it just looks very lazy, look very half ass. And we've seen this in various you know games and such throughout the year so far. We, I've seen a couple of college hoops games. They look you know like high school basketball games, you know, the production wise. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand why they do it, but sometimes you just gotta. You know, put you know, take the expense. You know, try to get you know, make the presentation better. You got the technology now. Make everything look better mm-hmm. and more cohesive, more crisp and clean, please. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Lakina. I know most of these teams are now sending their uh, announcers. They travel with the teams, uh, uh, teams to uh, do these games. But as you mentioned, Lakina, we, we dealt with this for the last two years. Uh, we know that networks are trying to save money. If you're in line, you're one of the last teams to still have have uh, Matt Vasgersian do it remotely. We know why, because he also works for the MLB Network, but you can't fly him out there to uh, Dallas, Texas to do that series. It made no sense to me. I saw uh, the opening game of that series on last Friday. I was like, he's still in a remote via New York? <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Yeah, it just it just looks yeah. like it. And look, I know, look, soccer has done it for years. I know uh, tennis mm-hmm. has done it for years as well, remote uh, you know, broadcast, but the, and they do it crisper and cleaner. You're going to Texas. It's not like you're going all the way to uh to to California. You're going to Texas, so you can send him to Texas or send somebody to Texas to cover mm-hmm. that game. It, it's just I don't know. It just it seems a little bit crazy to me. Uh, what else caught your eye this weekend in MLB? Uh, the Brewers taking uh the Brewers taking it up the chin uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, the Brewers uh, they won the division last year. Of course, they got uh bounced in the playoffs, but. Uh, it looks like St. Louis is going to have something to say about that. Uh, that's the one thing I witnessed from this series this weekend. Uh, the Mets taking care of the uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Mets, uh, they need all the wins that they can get, you know, especially against bad teams right now. So it was a good win for them yesterday, uh, five to nothing. The San Francisco Giants sweeping away the Cleveland baseball team, i.e. the Guardians. So uh, Cleveland has an extra day to, to sit and think about it as they'll mm-hmm. face the White Sox in the now three-game series starting tomorrow. So the Giants are off to a hot start. Also, too, as you mentioned, the Dodgers, they took care of the Reds. So Dodger Nation is back on top. <laughs> so their mm-hmm. fans are – uh, that should be satisfied right now, especially after what happened with Clayton Kershaw in Minnesota last week. Mm-hmm. And the Marlins, uh, 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 they're not a good team, but they stick it to the Phillies again by the score of 11-3. Uh, speaking of Philadelphia, Lakina, another broadcasting blunder. I'm, ah, I'm sure you read this as yes, well. Yes, I saw that Saturday's too. game between Philadelphia and uh, the Toronto Raptors in the NBA playoffs, That's uh, that was on the main NBC Sports channel, mm-hmm. NBC Sports Philadelphia channel. And the Flyers, and I believe the Sabres were on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. Plus, yep. And if you were a Phillies fan, you know the Flyers, if I'm a Phillies fan, the Flyers had a terrible season. Why are you on TV? I don't know. But I know they contractually obligated <laughs> to broadcast their games. But you had the Saturday's Phillies-Marlins game streamed on your My Teams app. Yep. Really? <laughs> you couldn't bump the Flyers to the My Teams app? Yeah. I, really? I yeah. Seriously? I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it's sort of like, I don't know who makes those decisions, but you're, you're kind of like, you get scratch your head. You scratch your head at the, the decision makers at times. Cause I, I don't understand why they would put them on there. Especially since like, like, like I said, I have a couple of friends who are Flyers fans and I'm sure they were not happy that this was the mm-hmm. case. 
So I don't know. At least, at least the Phillies have a shot to perhaps winning their division, perhaps even get one of the wild card spots. But the Flyers, I mean, they've only got about five or six games left. So right, well, it's at well, the end of your season. <laughs> yeah. So like, why why bother? <laughs> why even bother? I'm sure. I'm sure Flyers fans would have been okay with them not being showed at all. So, you know, but it it is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, talk go back to the Mets for a second. They actually have the lowest ERA. They only have like a little under one. Now again, you know. They can't keep it up. That's a whole nother story. But that's a pretty good if you're the Mets right now. It's a kind of nice little badge of honor there. That's a little through 10 games since since earned runs became an official stat. stat you got to go all the way back to like almost 100 years <laughs> for both both leagues. So uh, a nice show in there. Also, you Darvish gets his first gets his first win against the Braves. Yeah, right? I mean, eight strikeouts been, last night. Yes, yeah, he had a two-one win over Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, he had been 0-4 against the Braves, so now he has win, at least one win against all the National League teams, so <laughs> including the Padres. So, you know, that's a pretty nice set. I'm sure you know, he'll be happy with that and such. And the Padres look really good so far. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, Pittsburgh happened. taking two out of three from the yeah, Nationals. That yeah, that was a, that, I never expected that because a lot of people thought that maybe Pittsburgh, especially the way they don't have a lot of, you know, name guys on there, so you're kind of like, oh, you're mm-hmm. just you know, playing to have a – you know, just playing for experience and such, but they, they, at least so far, I'm not going to say they're going to win a division, obviously, but they look really good. You know, they're five of four, same regular as the Cubs, and I, I doubt they'll be up there, but if you're a Pirates fan, you got to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and the Baltimore Orioles take care of the New York Yankees over the weekend, winning two out of three. And I, I saw that game uh, on Friday. Uh, 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 Roldis Chapman uh, having his early struggles coming out of that bullpen. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he uh, walked it off. Uh, he, he had a walk uh, uh, to, uh, for the Baltimore to end that game right there. Aaron Boone was up, upset. It was a borderline call, but I thought the call was correct. So the Yankees ended up losing that game 2-1. to one. Now, they came back on Saturday for a 5-2 win, but uh, the Orioles uh, then responded yesterday with a 5 nothing shutout win. I believe this is the first time they uh, won a series against the Yankees since like like 2012 or something like that. So might yeah. be even further than that, maybe 08 or something. So I saw a stat somewhere yesterday, but yeah, uh, yeah, five and five. I, if you're a Yankees fan, you're not feeling really good about that right now. I mean, you've had your your struggles. It's really more your pitching than your hitting. I know you were shot yesterday mm-hmm. by the Orioles, but you know it, it's crazy at that at this point. You know, I don't, I don't think Yankees fans have anything to worry about, but. You know, it is what it is. Carlos Rodon, former White Sox, um, had another really good, uh, you know, showing in, in on you know, on Friday for the Giants. So he's the first Giants pitcher in the modern era, you know, with at least twenty strikeouts and five or fewer runs allowed over his first two starts. So I know White Sox fans are sort of like, you know, he wanted <laughs> yeah. too much money, yeah. but so far so good. I think you could use him, especially with all the injuries. I'm yeah, sure and also congratulations to him, yeah. to him uh, this past Thursday. We forgot to mention this on the our show on Friday. Uh, the one-year anniversary of his no-hitter against the Cleveland Indians, formerly known as the Indians. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so really, yeah, so really, really cool uh, showing this week. Anything else caught your eye this weekend in MLB? Uh, the Boston Red Sox, uh, uh, they take uh, looks like they're going to take three out of four from the Minnesota Twins. I know Minnesota, uh, um, they uh, they're going to win this uh, this game. That's Aaron right now. It's on Patriots Day. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, uh, they're going to uh, beat the Red Sox, but uh, the Red Sox struggled a bit coming out of the game uh, uh, for the first week of the season, but they bounced back, taking at least three out of four from, from Minnesota. So the Red Sox, as I mentioned, um, they're going to be up there. Uh, they made it to the ALCS last year. You know my guy Rafael Devers. 
Um, mm-hmm. The best offensive third baseman in baseball is uh, is hitting well for that team. And also, you have my guy with the hair, Alex Verdugo. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has had that bushy hair grow, grow out just yet, but he still has it. So I really like Boston, but uh, their issue is uh, can you get something uh, out of their starting rotation besides Chris Sale? And when does he get back? Because uh, health issues are starting to become a, a problem for him over the last couple of years. Also, age too, as well. Don't forget, yeah. he's over 30. He's over 30, he's 34 now. So that's good. Be Can't believe it's been a decade since he, uh, the White yeah. Sox brought him up in 2010. Good grief. How time yeah. flies, man. Time, yeah, time goes by quick. So, yeah, we'll interested to see what happens with the Red Sox. See if they can keep it up. Now, speaking of the Red Sox, they are playing uh, Minnesota right now <laughs> as we speak. They, they start a series there. Also, the Giants and the Mets, they start just a 6-10 game, you know, tonight on ESPN+. Mm-hmm. Plus. So make sure you guys uh, check that out if you guys have a chance. Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, we'll see what uh, Pittsburgh is made of. They can, they can keep up with um, the Brewers. Uh, Cubs start a series against Tampa Bay tonight at 640. Houston and the Angels, they host the Angels in the AO uh, West matchup uh, there. We'll see the Phillies get back on track and they play uh, Colorado at Coors Field. Baltimore. Yeah, the Rockies one of the surprise teams in uh, in baseball yeah. this year. Yeah, Baltimore and Oakland. You know, Oakland had a nice show on this weekend as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, that should be a fun series. Cincinnati and the Padres. We'll see if the Padres can keep up their hot streak. And Atlanta and the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers are going to want their revenge. So that should be a fun Yeah, from series. last year's NLCS. And Freddie Freeman, this will be the first time playing against his former team. I'm sure he's going to want to uh, put on a show for his uh, former squad, Ronald Acuna, who is actually in, uh, in the minors right now. He and uh, he and Freddie Freeman didn't really get along. So, uh, uh, again, you got to kind of take that, <laughs> if you will, with that one. <laughs> did you see that interview that uh, Marla Rivera did from ESPN yesterday? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I did. so Ronald Acuna <laughs> Jr. tried to clean things up. But yes, he did. We'll probably know the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, we've never heard of it at all. So, you know, <laughs> we just see also Arizona and uh, the Washington, of course, the over the game was been postponed there due to the weather, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that, will, that series will be uh, picked up tomorrow. And uh, the Yankees will try to uh, bounce back against the Tigers. They start a series, they start the mm-hmm. series there tomorrow. And St. Louis and the Marlins, that should be a fun series, nice uh, scoring series as well. And another, uh, Good one here in the AL West. You've got Texas and Seattle. Yeah, those sh- series should be fun. And, of course, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox will yep, res- uh, well, kick one. off in um, in Fenway tomorrow. So those, those are your uh, series coming up this week. We, we also have Minnesota and Kansas City. Kansas, of course, yep. Kansas City's uh, series finale against Detroit was rained out. It will be made yep. up in a later date. And so those are your series uh, for this week. Uh, coming up this week in baseball. Lakina, we have a couple of minutes left before we hit our break, uh, which uh, I, I don't want to be meatballish when I say this. I think we talked about this before, but which broadcast in town uh, that do you like the best uh, as far as television and radio-wise, the Cubs or the Sox? I think both. I think both, you know, have, you know, both sort of have their own. Uh, I think they're both all, all four. I think we're lucky hit up here in Chicago too. have, you know, really good, you know, tandems in the baseball front. Of course, you got Bukshiami and JD for Marquee. And then, of course, you had Lynn Casper and Darren Jackson through on ESPN 1000 on the radio mm-hmm. side for the uh, for, for the White Sox. Um, of course, you got Jason Minetti and Steve Stone. Of course, Pat Hughes. 
and 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 uh uh I forgot started uh 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 Dirty Ron Coomer. Coomer. Ron Coomer. Yeah, I forgot that. I forgot to see my my old age started on the radio side for the <laughs> It happens. I, I think we have like really good tandems here, and I think I'm not gonna say one's better than the other. I'm not gonna answer that question. All these you know, guys contribute different ways. They all have great personalities. We know how very funny and witty uh jason is you know we've you know, we've seen him in interviews he's one of the like really one of the funniest you know people you'll ever see yeah. you know boo's very engaging as well we know stone stony is very uh methodical and very analytical also too a uh, jd kind of raises his own sort of spin into it we heard him with the astros for years before he came to the cubs so i think everyone oh can lend cast of course you know Cubs fans know how good he sounds and such he and dj have a nice mm-hmm. rapport so i think everybody i think has a different you know perspective and you know, different, you know, experiences, especially on the playing side with the, with the analysts. So I'm not going to pick pick one. So I think all of them are really good. Vote for Lakina in 2024. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 for me, <laughs> but, but for me, but uh, for me, uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, uh, I, I kind of didn't know what Jason Benetti was because he replaced Hulk Carrollson. And, <clears throat> and I wasn't, I'll be honest, I don't hate the guy personally. I respect him. Especially the stuff that he that he's gone through throughout his life, you really know his story. I respect him from that aspect. I really grown to like Jason Benetti in Steve Stone. I know it had to take some time to get used to, and plus uh, the White Sox were losing at that time, so it really made it tough. But I really enjoyed those two. I really do like say Jason Benetti can hold his own. Of course, we know all the national stuff he does for ESPN with uh, with NBA, college football, and basketball. But him and Stoney sound great together. Now on the Cubs broadcast, uh, I will say this. Pat Hughes is very underrated yes, because very. I don't think most people know about him outside of the Chicago market. He's been a longtime Cubs radio guy since 1996, but uh, he, he does a great job with Ron Cooper. Of course, him and the late Ron Santo were a perfect team for each other for over the, until Ron Santo passed many years ago. But uh, Pat Hughes is, is a professional. I know he's uh, he fills in for John Shelby on some Sundays. I know Beth Mowens did it yesterday, but Pat Hughes is starting to get some TV love. Uh, here and there so uh, i really respect his work as well yeah that's yeah i, I feel like he doesn't get his due i feel like you feel like uh, pat hughes does so he should I'm be in the hall of fame yeah he should be i was surprised i'm surprised he's not but but like i said again you'll probably hear more and more on Sunday, especially you know when boo doesn't has you know, other national commitments and such so you'll probably hearing you're probably gonna be hearing him more i know beth miles will be doing a few games as well for the cubs so again this year so yeah i think you're gonna get to know him a little bit you know, more and more. And yeah, I'm a little surprised he's not in the Hall of Fame. I know he's, in, I think he's, I know he's in the Cubs, you know, Ring of Honor or the Cubs Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. you know, he's not in the Baseball Hall of Fame, which he should be. But again, that's a whole nother discussion. But uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think probably he's probably the most underrated sort of like, you know, broadcaster in all of sports, I feel like, or, or he's up there, I feel like. We have to take our two and two break. When we return, Lakina has a story about. Quarterbacks um, making bets, having duels, <laughs> uh, something to that effect. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, did you also? Did you guys watch the USFL over the weekend? And why isn't the NFL driving getting much buzz? We'll dive into that and a whole lot more. You're listening to Sega City Sports, the Monday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports Live at 11 Color on the Monday edition on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. We have less than a half hour left for this segment for today's show. Let's finish this thing up strong. Lakina, you have a story about four quarterbacks doing battle off the field, clubbing, yeah, or something uh, like that. You explain yeah, to our folks, not that, our yeah, beautiful not audience kinda, out there. Yeah, not that kind of clubbing, but uh, yeah, apparently uh, <laughs> Tom uh, Tom Brady, I guess, put out a t- kind of a teaser yesterday, tagging um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom, uh, Josh Allen, and also to uh, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, you know, people were wondering, like, hmm, hmm, let's see. Uh, what's going on here? What's he teasing? Is it you know, a gambling thing? I thought they were going to bring back the NFL quarterback challenge like they had like years ago. That would have been a nice little, you know, sort of, you know, kind of like a solo to there. But uh, apparently this came out a couple of hours ago that TNT will be airing uh, the match. Of course, we saw what happened the last couple of years. They have various versions of it. Now, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady will be uh, facing Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. That'll be on June 1st at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. So I guess it's going to be like kind of like a round like they've been doing the last couple of years. You know, they've, you know, they've done this. It's been like big a big ratings hit for them. So they figure, you know, why not get the four you know, best quarterbacks right now and have them play a round of golf? 
And it's right a month before training camp. As we always say, Lakina, during the offseason, the NFL never seems to disappoint us. And so uh, these are the big names that we like to see uh, 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 playing on the field uh, during, uh, during the games on Sundays. Now you get to watch them on, <coughs> excuse me, doing, uh, doing a round of golf. So uh, we, you talk about those very different personalities there. And with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, like I say, Josh Allen is finally getting his due. So uh, let's see what uh, what happens uh, with this. Is it, uh, Like you say, it's not a pay-per-view event, so everybody can watch it on TNT. So I may check out a few minutes of it. If it, sounds, if it seems interesting, I'll stick with it. If not, it's some minutes. Unfortunately, can I get back? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think both we know both we know uh Bray's a good golfer, we know Rogers is. Uh, I didn't know that you know Mahomes you know played golf, but you know, I I man, like you learn something new every day. I know he I know he we see like a celebrity tournaments and such, you know, he's not I know, I know Josh Howell's a really good golfer, so I guess it's gonna be some trash talking among the, the four of them. So uh we'll see. I think so I might check it out, if you will, but It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, some more news. The Seattle Kraken has a couple of new minority owners. Seattle Quack, rapper, Shout yes. out Terry Boris. <laughs> yeah, Seattle-born um, rapper Macklemore. And also, too, former uh, Seahawks star Marshawn Lynch. If you saw him, he was actually uh, driving us and Boney around uh, <laughs> in Seattle uh, last night. I guess that's how they made the, made the announcement. I guess that he was going to – he and uh, Macklemore were going to be uh, minority owners for the Kraken. The Kraken, of course, you know, plays at that gorgeous arena. I mean, that, that looks like it's a lot of mm-hmm. fun. I hope we get to, you know, go to Seattle to watch one of these games at some point. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's an interesting uh, news. Uh, Beast Mode now an NHL owner. Yeah, shout out to him. Lakina, I don't know about you, but he's having a sort of renaissance in his post-football career. Of course, he's always in those Doritos commercials, and he didn't want to talk during his playing days. But now he's starting to open himself up a little bit. And I think it's very cool to see now uh, he's getting to ownership uh, uh, with, with the hockey team. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see if we can see that more throughout um, uh, not just sports, but throughout uh, the NFL as well, former players uh, getting into ownership. I know Patrick Mahomes, as we mentioned in our last story, he's a minority owner of the Kansas City Royals, so he has some of his money in that franchise as well. Speaking of Alex Rodriguez, uh, he has a minority ownership in the Minnesota Timberwolves. You saw him yep. sitting in the front court on Saturday. I don't know about you, Lakina, even though he's had a renaissance as well as far as personality, most of the majority of people liking him. I'm sick of seeing him. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I'm talking well, about A Rod. Marshawn well, yeah. Lynch, I'm cool with because he's he tries to stay out of trouble. He keeps to himself. But A Rod, I don't want to see you all around. Yeah, it's sort That's of one me. of those. Yeah, but it's sort of one of those things where you sort of say to yourself, like, you know, you kind of save. I'm talking about Marshawn Lynch, save kind of his personality for for the the, the, the post football world. I mean, it's sort of yeah. you know maybe this is always his personality. We just he just didn't want to you know, deal with the media and such. But hey, you know, look, that's how it is. But uh, yeah, as for a Rod, I mean, I know a lot of people feel the same way you do, sis. So don't feel bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good. Look, it's gonna be very interesting though, especially with this. I mean, I know the Kraken didn't haven't done well this year, but like they're an expansion team, so we you thought that maybe. Be, you know they wouldn't be you know, doing too well this season but look they're a fun team it's a, it's a gorgeous arena that they that they play in so you know this could be something this could be the start of something i mean i, I think you know it was sort of a cute way they do things especially with social media especially with it like i said the announcement of you know lynch and macklemore being new minority owners for the kraken so uh, mm-hmm. and we, look we know seattle loves you know loves their sports so i think this is another like chapter in that you know taking two you know your guys that are synonymous with seattle you know, have them on and 
Yamanori owner, and I think that this could be one of this could be something really cool. And as for A Rod, and, and look, I mean, you know, you know, well, Climate Pleasure Arena, that's that's the arena that they play in. The, the crack, I just want to clean that up. As for A Rod, I mean, I kind of like Taylor leave leave with A Rod. I mean, I know he's trying to clean up his image and such. Probably perhaps when we try to get into the the Baseball Hall of Fame and and such, but uh. I mean, uh, you know, okay. It's not a, you know, I kind of like Taylor Lee with A-Rod. Like I said, I don't, I don't like overly like, like him, but I don't like hate him. He's like some people. <laughs> you listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in 11 colors. Say Lakina here with you wrapping up the show. We still have some time left, Lakina. Uh, the NFL, uh, their, their draft is, I believe, less than two weeks away. I believe it's next week. Yes. And see, <laughs> the reason why I ask is because, Lakina, I heard someone say this yesterday. And like I said, we'll get into the Bears, who, who they should draft uh, once we get closer to uh, uh, the draft next week. So stay tuned right here on Second City Sports, the Sports on Chicago. Uh, we'll do our best to break down who the Bears should pick. But Lakina, I heard someone say this yesterday. I was driving home from the Sox game. Can you remember an NFL draft, a year in the NFL draft where it's been this quiet? But even the, the dress that we thought was going to suck, you still had a personalities like a Trevor Lawrence or a Carlos Rogers or Joey Harrington, mm-hmm. but we really, we really don't have that this year. Yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, or Baker been... Mayfield, Johnny Manziel from the past, obviously, but we don't have those types of personalities this year. Yeah, it's maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're both your ESPN or NFL Network hoping to sell this, you know, this year's draft, that's not a good thing. <laughs> I know it's in but, Las Vegas. It's going to be live. You're going to have people back in the stands, and which is very cool, but. You really don't, not a knock to the prospects, but you really don't have a standout person this year. Well, I mean, look, you got, you know, Malik, Malik Wills from, uh, from Liberty, the quarterback there. People are going to be, it's going to be interesting because there are going to be a lot of teams like Seattle who are going to, you know, who are going to be vying mm-hmm. for his services. So we'll see where he goes. I think, you know, especially him going to a, you know, coming from a small school, a small FCS school, I think there are going to be a lot of intrigue on where he's going to go. Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett's another guy from Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of people, you know, are wondering where he's going to go. I know uh, the, the Seattle's interested as well and a few other teams. So I think there are, you know, Chris Olive from Ohio State. I mean, you know, there are going to be a lot of, you know, there could be a lot of people going to be wondering, you know, where is he going to go as well. So yeah, Too bad the Bears don't have a first-round pick to pick him up. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, but I'm sure the NFL rates are going to be, you know, really high for the draft. That's how they usually are. So it's not, you know, like, oh no, like, you know, yeah, there's not a lot of buzz about it and such. But you know, who's going to go number one? Will it be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan? Excuse me. Will it be uh, Trayvon Walker <laughs> from uh, from Georgia? Who's going to be like that? You know, it's going to be a couple of you know defensive guys. So it's going to come down between you know who's going to. Being the number one guy, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, another defensive guy, an edge rusher. It's going to be just see where he goes. So, yeah, you got the names are out there. I think there just hasn't been a lot of buzz about it. So, I think, look, Daryl Stanley Jr. will see where he goes. You know, she's might he might be, like, in the top five or maybe just it just right inside the top ten. So, the, the, the names are going to be out there. So, yeah, it's good. the race is going to be really, really high, and I think – oh, okay, yeah, you're not going to get that, you know, guys. Like, who's going to be, you know, like, you're a lot about – so. Look, there's no consensus on who's going to be number one, so a lot of people are going to be you know, tuning in to see that. The stories are there. I just think that we haven't really talked about because I think, A, the Bears will have a first-round pick unless, of course, you know, Ryan pulls, you know, you know pulls something out of the hat and such. So, yeah, we'll be interested to see what happens. <laughs> 
I know that Hutchinson kid out of Michigan. I know many people have him being selected by the Detroit Lions, so that that's not a surprise there. But I know this is not the year of the quarterback. But I, watching a, a few these uh, these mock draft segments on television, uh, these so-called experts and pundits really are trying to find uh, who will be their first quarterback take. It's only two, and uh, and I'm saying to myself, man, this is really a a, a bad year for the draft overall. But like you said, it's going to get some. The NFL draft is going to get some high raise just because it's the NFL. But uh, it, 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 uh, up until the draft, as we always say every year, Lakina, uh, with these rumors, uh, we're going to talk about one in particular uh, coming up in just a second. But with rumors and players perhaps being moved around this time, it's Lions season. So you hear all these things. Well, we don't like that guy behind the scenes. We find out later that they like that person or they trying to maneuver another team from getting them from ahead of them and all that other stuff. And so we haven't heard that too much, but we're going to hear uh, come close to draft time that around this time next week. Yeah. So I think that's going to be like, well, like, well what, what fan would it be if in the offseason right before the draft? I mean, Baker Mayfield, speaking of, you know, is a subject mm-hmm. of a lot of rumors. It'll be just to see, does he get traded, you know, before the draft or after the draft and such. So there's so many names out there still. I mean, We'll just see well, AJ Brown. Will he be uh, traded? You know, he wants a new uh, contract. Debo Samuel. I mean, he's not coming to the the sort of the, the camps, the mini camps, if you will. So there's going to be a lot of guys. You know, you know, and also to uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I mean, there's still like a lot of names that you know not going to be moved, but we'll see. There's going to be you know, some type of contract <laughs> move. So there's still a lot to to think about in the NFL. A lot to be decided. So I think people are going to be tuned in, especially for that, if nothing else. Couple of things on those names, last couple of names you just mentioned. Lamar Jackson, I know some people are quote unquote begging him to uh, get his money right now. I think Baltimore will give him his money, but it, it's all about timing. And I know Lamar Jackson is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, including with that class with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and what and what have you. So I think Baltimore will eventually get his money, but. If you're if you're management, you got to play it smart. You just can't give him quote unquote what he wants, even though the salary cap is starting to go back up again. But the price tag for these starting quarterbacks are going up uh, as well. Will always go up. That mean that means that you have to manage your the rest of your squad very carefully due to the salary cap. But I want to ask you about Kyler Murray, uh, and we talked about this through the last half of the season, looking like, even to the into this off season. Uh, if you're Arizona. He might be the second to last ranked quarterback in that NFC West division. And I know you signed your head coach to an extension. I know that uh, the general manager, I believe, got a, a fresh cash as well. But Kyler Murray, he deserves his money, but uh, uh, it's starting to creep up a little bit that he's injury prone and he doesn't perform well toward the end of the season. And that, that's something that's that is currently hanging over his head. But if you're Arizona, if you don't want to resign him and you decide to trade him, okay, well, who's better than Kyler Murray for your squad? And right now I just don't see it. And realistically, if, he, if Kyler Murray's asking for a trade, realistically, who are the teams that are going to pick him up? You could cross out Chicago off this list because of a, of a guy named Justin Fields, okay? So I, I think Kyler Murray, he, he, a, couple, a few teams will pick, pick him up, but realistically, he, he doesn't have that many options. If you're Arizona, you better do your best to keep him. You just got to build a better roster around him. 
Yeah, I think yeah, and I think they will. I, I think, like you said, so there's not a lot of teams are going to want to take him, especially the fact that he's been banged up the last couple of years in some form. So I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of teams are going to be you know you know clamoring to to try to get him. So I think if you're Arizona, especially since you've committed to um to Cliff Kingsbury and you know Steve Wilkes, the GM for the next five years, you better try and perhaps maybe get you know better talent around them. Get a get an old line. You'll discuss it. You know, ha- you know address it in the draft. Get perhaps maybe another cornerback, maybe perhaps get another receiver to kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, they did bring AJ Green back. Turn around, AJ, as I, you know, as I've teased him <laughs> like last couple of months. But uh, yeah, so I think that's what that's going to be the problem for Arizona. I feel like so. Well, we'll see what happens with that. That's for Lamar Jackson. I, I think he'll kill get his money. I think he wants to kind of wait it out and see because he doesn't want to. You don't want to kind of jump in. Look, look at Denzel Ward, who's a corner. You know, Brown signed him to a hundred. You know, hundred, you know, mm-hmm. hundred million, hundred, a little over a hundred million dollar uh, contract with seventy-one, you know, million guaranteed. So if I were, if I were Lamar Jackson, I would say just wait and see how the market is for the QB side. So you know, and I'm sure, look, he lives in Baltimore. He does a lot of great charity, you know, stuff in Baltimore. I'm sure he's going to want to stay there. And and look, we'll see. I mean, I think, look, we'll see what the numbers. I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out with the numbers and such. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this goes. But uh. I think both of these situations will, will will turn out okay for all sides, but we'll have to wait and see. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you're expected to bring back Denzel Ward. He's the best defensive back you have on that squad. Of course, the Cleveland defense is a very good defense when healthy, led by uh, stud defensive end Miles Gary. You saw what he did last year. And now uh, how is the new management is going to uh, fix up the rest of the team? You already paid Deshaun Watson a, a ton of guarantee money. You just resigned Denzel Ward. What else are you going to do? Uh, 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 what other wide receivers you're going to draft or not pick up a free agency? You need a tight end. And so if you're Cleveland, you still have work to do. Yeah, you do. So we'll see. You got your quarter, you got your quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, Deshaun Watson. You've got at least for the next five years. At least for the next few years. <laughs> Same with uh, Denzel Ward on the corner side. You know, we'll see. I mean, we'll just see what happens. I mean, I, I feel like you're you're Cleveland. You're trying to sort of you know, keep up with Baltimore and with Cincy and what they're doing. But again, it'll just have to just gotta you know sort of you know play it by ear and you know watch what happens with the market and such. Just that's the best you can do at this point, especially with comes to Baker Mayfield. Try to maybe perhaps maybe get some picks from him because you still look. He's still your property. You're still you know he's still a part of your team. So you're gonna have to. He's already said that. Hey, I'm not. I want to get out of here. So yeah, I don't know. You can't bring him back to that locker room in Cleveland. No, you, you just can't. can't. After everything, after everything that's transpired with what he said and what other players have said about him. You're not going to be able that 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 locker room is just over and done with. So hopefully, maybe he'll get us. You know, we'll get traded. We talked about some of the teams that perhaps he can get mm-hmm. traded to. But I, again, it, it's going to be hard, especially with all this stuff that's coming out about it. Yeah, like I said, the Seattle Seahawks are a front-running favorite. Uh, my sleepers team is still the New York Football Giants. I can't believe Daryl Dable will trust Daniel Jones. I don't see it, but. Uh, stranger things have happened. I know that uh, some people said the New York Jets, but Zach Wilson is their guy for now. So we'll see what's, what happens with that. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Eleven Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here with you. You still have a few. We still have a few more minutes left, Lakina. I didn't get the chance to catch uh, the debut of of the USFL. I know that one of the games got moved to tonight because mm-hmm. of weather. Did you catch any of it this weekend? I watched a little bit of it, and it actually rated pretty well, like three and a half million viewers for uh, the deb- debut of the USFL. It was actually not a bad number. 
So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what how it goes. I mean, sort of. It was so nice. It was nice seeing you know Paxton Lynch and you know guys like that. Guys you probably haven't seen in a while. You know now playing football, getting opportunities elsewhere. I think this is what the USL USFL is. We'll see if you know the numbers can keep up or they go up a little bit or they go down. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this goes. You know, numbers wise, because I think. There's a really good chance that you know you're, especially with a lot of guys you know like that that you know that probably didn't it didn't work out for them in the NFL. They get another shot, you know, with the USFL. So yeah, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting. What you know, I want to see how this goes for the rest of the season. And I'll try to catch up, catch some action this weekend because I mentioned I was out uh, over the weekend uh, attending the White Sox game, so I didn't get a chance to catch even the highlights. So I know they'll be back on next week. I believe it's for eight weeks, correct? Okay, so I'll I'll try to catch some of uh, this this some action this coming weekend. So uh, I, I like I said I, I heard a couple of things uh, about it. I know like I said one of the games got postponed and moved uh, to tonight. I believe it's on FS1. I believe so. Check your local listings as we say in the broadcasting world for that. But it's uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, the XFL was actually good. You didn't have the WWE E all over. I know they'll start mm-hmm. restart again next year with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, actor and wrestler as commissioner. But uh, I, I want to see the USFL. Hopefully, it'll live up to some expectations. Will it be the glory days of the early 80s? I doubt it, but we'll see how, how the product uh, progresses. I'll check out some action this upcoming weekend. As long as the ratings are solid, I think if you're Fox and NBC, this is sort of like a nice sort of, you know, time to kill the deal during the spring, you know, sort of like that dead time, if you will, especially with, you know, with, with Fox and have that, you know, once they start you know, showing you know, the weekly baseball games, sort of like a nice little sort yeah. of a kill time, as, as I call it, between, you know, everything else. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes with the USFL. Now, as far as the Big Ten, Fox will now be the official, uh, I guess, official member of the Big Ten uh, sort of games, if you will, part of this. You know, mm-hmm. John John Oran you know, made this announcement, you know, over the weekend, so kind of like quietly, and they'll actually be able to choose who they get to be their broadcast partners. Of course, we talked about um, CBS. So they're looking for after next season, they're going to be looking for a new uh, conference to televise. So they're going to be vying for that. ESPN, of course, is going to be right there for that spot as well. And also to some streaming services, that's according to what he said. And I asked him that if you saw, he quoted my tweet, he said that, well, if they give them enough money, I mean, Amazon and Apple are now are right there as well. Also Turner as well. They've, they've switched, they've, they've changed hands too. So it's going to be interesting to see what the old Fox does and who they pick to be their broadcast partner. It's sort of weird that they're now, well, the Big Ten Network is owned by Fox. So, Fox, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, it kind of makes sense that they're going to be picking their broadcast partners. So, we'll just see where this goes. Yeah, as we mentioned before, Lakina, people want any options. It's not just watching your favorite TV shows or games on just a regular television anymore. People are streaming these games. And in the business that we're in, we're watching two, sometimes three games at once. Uh, like you, uh, I didn't have a chance to do it too much this weekend because, like I guess, I was at the Sox games. But you watch one sporting event on your television, and on another one, you're streaming it via your computer. So, uh, a lot of fans are doing that, and especially for what we do. We have to do it. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, things are changing, and it's not going anywhere in any time soon. And like we talked about this uh, around this time earlier last year, Lakina, uh, Notre Dame, the football team, they had their home opening exclusively on Peacock. Of course, Notre Dame broadcast the home games on NBC, so the home opening last year was exclusively on Peacock. And I believe another network 
did a, a, a exclusive streaming game as well. I can't remember right now, but this is way where the industry is going. So people had to um, people had to catch up or get locked out. Yeah, they had to adapt to that. So um, I'm yeah. wondering though, like uh, with everything else and it, it sort of this this whole thing with the Big Ten, I, I wonder if other. Of course, SEC has that contract, monster contract with ESPN. That's why they're going to get the Saturday afternoon games. They took that from CBS, and now CBS is vying for the Big Ten uh, package. I guess some of the, I guess they're going to split up to like three or four different packages, uh, from what I've read. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where you know who they pick. Will they pick an Amazon or an Apple to stream? I know I saw somewhere that maybe Apple is kind of like the leader in the clubhouse gets Sunday the Sunday ticket games. So, you know, that that's another thing. So I, I'm, you know, the streaming thing is sort of a new concept for a lot of folks. You got a lot of the cord cutters, you got a lot of other folks, you know, that are like you, like you said, so they're watching in multiple, like multiple spots, you know, on the computers, on their phones and whatnot, on their television. So I think people, like you said, they need options. It'll be interesting to see where this goes, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, uh, this will be definitely a story to watch out for in the next few weeks because the, the TV deal doesn't expire until after next season. So mm-hmm. what's next after this season is going to be how everything wraps up to see how where the Big Ten packages go. Yeah, and also, too, with uh, we learned this in 2020, Lakina, with, with the no fans in the stands, was especially with football, you had to present it like a TV show. It's not just... Uh, we all like uh, the fans getting riled up. That's what makes it great. We know that the players make it great, but you had to present uh, your sporting events like TV shows. It is very different from where uh, where we grew up. Like you know, you just happy to watch the games. You listen and watch for the announcers, and uh, off you went. But you had to present these uh, these games like events, like TV shows. So and that's another uh, interesting direction that the broadcast and sports broadcast industry is going right now. Oh, yeah, I guess you got to adapt, I guess. Or like you said, be left out in the cold. So we'll be interested to see where <laughs> this goes here. Um, HBO is airing uh, a new documentary about Tony Hawk, the grandfather of skateboarding, if you will. Uh, Tony Hawk, Until the Wheels Fall Off, is streaming right now. And I'm sure it's on HBO Max as well. So you can guys check it out if you haven't watched it yet on the HB, on HBO, uh, your various HBO uh, channels. If you haven't, <laughs> your uh, cable or satellite provider. This is about, of course, you know, the skateboard legend Tony Hawk, who is now a social media star. And I don't know how I don't know how you if you play any of his video games, you know, his video uh, series that was very popular back in the day. So back no, I haven't, but I heard of him. I know he's a, a legendary na- legendary name in that skating world. And I know with X Games yep. and uh, ESPN and with that whole culture mm-hmm. has been taken off for the last almost two decades. Yeah, he's a big part of that. Yeah, also he's a social media star as well. I know if you guys follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow. I mean, people are mistaking him for some, you know, for someone else, or some people don't think it's really him, but it really is him. So it's a, he actually <laughs> is pretty funny. All the stories he shares, but yeah. So you know, for all you, you know, X Games fans, and X Games has kind of like been sort of an afterthought after you know he retired and other you know, other group of guys have retired as well. So it's kind of been sort of a niche sport, but it's still a very you know. A, phenom- a phenomenon in certain parts of the country. So if you're a big fan of that, you know, make sure you guys check that out. Also, too, you know, it is behind the scenes with the Olympics. Uh, he did some TV work for last summer for their skate, uh, skate, uh, street skateboarding uh, vert, uh, events that debuted uh, in the last Olympics in Tokyo. Yeah, and also, too, uh, breaking news before we check up out of here, breaking news from the NBA playoffs. Uh, tonight's Philadelphia-Toronto game. Uh, Scotty Barnes, the, the rookie out of Florida State, he injured his ankle in Saturday's game one. He will not play tonight. So once again, Scotty Barnes of the Toronto Raptors, the rookie four, will not play tonight in game two of that Sixers-Raptors series. 
So, yeah, it's going to be very tough for the Raptors. So hopefully you guys can step up because if not, the you know, if you're Philadelphia, you better you know try to take control of this series. Yep. And, and uh, like I said, James Harden has to play better. I, I know Joel and B will show up. He had 19 points in game one. So I expect him to have a better game two tonight. And so the, the, that's your news from, from the NBA world. Lakina, it's been another great episode of Sega City Sports, the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Take us home. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenan Scrubby on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Cindy Brown, on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, SIDKID80, SIDKID80. And make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor, Second City Sports. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Be sure to catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live in 11 color, right here on Sports on Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. One more again, as you kids would say. Catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right. So I know it's a little cool out there, folks, but don't worry. Yo, it's going to warm up. Yo, it might be in the 70s by the end of uh, the, end of, uh, the, uh, the week. So, Yay! Uh, right. Yeah. So welcome to April in Chicago, like I said, folks. So enjoy the weather, everybody. If you're not going to uh, get vaccinated, wash your hands, wear your mask, and be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Bulls! Holla! <laughs>